came to offer you mothers that are here and all of us have had mothers some of us have lost our mothers but I came to offer you a word of comfort today amen amen many of you that are sitting here are mothers but we also are blessed with men in the place who's our covering amen young men of God in the place amen who's our covering and who have been fathers and will be fathers and God is going to bless their seed because mothers made sure they came to church amen amen hallelujah I came to offer you our scriptural reference today we're gonna pray just one more time brother Alex I hear God I follow what God is saying brother Alex can you come up here amen come up here on brother Alex amen amen come on brother Alex a miracle walking you all a new kidney amen amen hallelujah getting stronger by the day amen Amen, amen. Brother Alex, would you once again pray that this word will go forth. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we come right now just humble you and just giving you the praise and the honor. Thanking you for being King of Kings, Lord. Thank you, man. Father God, I just want the woman of God to be blessed. Father God, I ask you, Lord God, you were blessed. A husband. Bless him in Jesus' name, God. Father God, we thank you, God. Thank you for our siblings. Thank you, God, for her. And God, we thank you for the word that you have for her. Bless down and shaking together, running over, God. And Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to have your way today. In the name of Jesus, God, you have your have the power, Lord God. So we love you. We adore you. We give you all the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Alex. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I offer you today our scriptural reference. It comes from 2 Timothy, the first chapter. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Amen. Hallelujah. I call your attention, beloved, to the last few words in verse 5 that says, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, Mm -hmm. And I am persuaded is in you 
also. And I offer you our subject for this morning. What is in mother and what is in me? Amen. Is that okay? Well, I would like for you to touch and agree with this sermon. Turn to somebody, yeah, and with this subject, look somebody in the face and say, come on, look them in the face. Make sure they see you. Say, your mother, a sweet person. So many sweet things in your mother. Say, but what in the world is in you? All right, now duck. Now, okay, <laughs> now give God some hand praise, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. I offer you our subject once again, what is in mother and what is in me. As we briefly look at our background scripture, we understand that this was Paul's letter to Timothy. Paul had met Timothy on his first uh, missionary journey to a city called Lystra, Lystra which I understand was a Greek town, okay? So Timothy was a young man. Paul already was a little older, much older. And so when Paul met Timothy, he became Timothy's mentor. Now young Timothy was part Jewish and he was part Greek because his mother Eunice, who sounded like a black woman to me, she was Jewish and his father was a Greek. Don't you, Eunice and, and, and Lois sound like black? Okay. Yeah. I understand Paul had established a Christian church in Lystra, and young Timothy had answered the call to Christian discipleship. And Paul became his spiritual mentor. Now we also learn that Timothy's grandmother and his mother had also accepted Christ, uh-huh, and were truly devoted Christians unmistakably in love with Jesus. Paul wrote Timothy, your grandmother Lois and your mama Eunice, they got unfeigned, not pretentious, faith in Jesus. Everyone can see that they got Jesus in them for real. Mm -hmm. Paul said, oh, Timothy, your mother Eunice, she got Jesus in her for real. Mm -hmm. Some of us were blessed to have Christian mothers who had, or even now you may have a Christian mother, and that person has Jesus for real. Uh -huh. You heard Nehemiah's song, yeah, so many false preachers, so many false people, Christians, they destroying the church of God. But Paul told Timothy, yo mama and yo grandmama had the faith in Jesus, had Jesus living in them, for real. Mm -hmm. But before we go deeply, oh, and I just want to say, too, some of the most beautiful creatures. Ah, you talked about true beauty. I'm not talking about the beauty that's got to flaunt everything on Facebook, every move, every pose, every. No, I'm talking about the people who got true beauty. Amen. Our mothers that have Jesus in them. For real, yeah, yeah, hallelujah. But before we go deeply into this amazing thing, to show enough have Jesus in you for real, let's look at what we know about everybody's mama, okay? Uh, what we can say about most mamas, uh-huh. Everybody's mother already got a fierce tiger in her. Did you know that? 
Yeah, you mess with her child. And you're going to see her turn in to a real strange creature. An animal that's going to attack you. Amen. If you messed with her child. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. You want to see an ordinarily quiet, soft-spoken lady, Z, Mabel, turn into a fierce, wild tiger. You mess with Carlton. Oh, yeah, you mess with Cameron. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. It's already in a mother to cover her child. Yes, yes. If you want to see Jennifer, my daughter setting out the food back there. If you want to see Jennifer turn into an ugly, raging creature, <laughs> you want to see her start taking off her earrings and take off her shoes. Uh-huh. Yeah. You mess with JKL. You mess with Jaden. You mess with Jaylon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know there used to be a day mm-hmm, when a neighbor could whip your child. You know that? And it was okay. Your neighbor said, I'm trying to keep your child out of jail. I saw your child stealing from the store. I saw your child. So I gave him a whipping and I said, I was going to tell you. And I know you're going to give him another whipping. Uh-huh. And it was all right for your neighbor and your auntie, uh, you know, or your sister to whip your child. But nowadays, mm, not only can they not whip your child, <laughs> but the government has it so that you can't even whip your child. <laughs> yes, but somewhere between, I think, 1960 and today, mm, things began to change. The standing rule for mothers is you take care of your child. You man your own business, and I'll take care of my child. Amen. <laughs> In other words, mothers love to protect their child from verbal attacks also. Don't talk bad about my child, and I won't talk bad about yours. Yes, it's in a mother to protect her baby from verbal attacks and nonverbal attacks. When I taught English in Chicago public schools, I had to teach myself a special way of talking to parents. Mm-hmm. I had to learn the right way to report a misbehaving child to their parent on the phone. Yes, even on the phone. Proverbs 13 and 3 says, he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. So imagine how this conversation went for a little while when I called or when somebody called, one uh, of the teachers had to call the parents home. Um, hello, Mrs. Jones. Yes. Uh, this is uh, Mrs. Douglas. And I wanted to inform you that Michael is being held down in the detention office and um, he, we're giving him a detention, and we need you to come up and sign him out for today. 
she says, hold up. I'm tired of you all giving him detentions for every little thing he does. Y'all not giving all those other kids detention. You all don't like my child. You treat my child unfair. I heard my child told me how you all treating him. Well, what did he do? What are y'all saying he did? And the teacher says, well, it seems um, he burned down the principal's office. And uh, we need you to pick him up and uh, get the uh, barbecue lighter out of his hand. Uh, she says, oh, okay, I'll, I'll be up there. So teachers learn how to develop very early a great rapport and a great conversation in discussing a child's behavior with their parents. Uh-huh. Now, of course, I stretched that a little. <laughs> but mothers are by nature protective of their children. And it's a good thing, yes, it's a good thing. It's in them to do that. God made mothers that way. They put, God put that in mothers, you know? Right. I remember I had a student, I'm gonna do this real briefly, who had a different kind of mother. He had a rare mother. Uh, it was in my class, and my class was mostly Hispanics, and he was, uh, he was not Hispanic, and he was not black, and he sat there, he had blonde hair, he had tattoos everywhere, he had earrings everywhere, he had, and he sat there. But Jonathan was the smart, one of the smartest boys in class, and he missed the Friday. He didn't come, and I gave a test. So when he showed up that Monday, I told John, and Jonathan came in, and I could see he was mad, and this was usually a sweet-tempered boy. He looked like he beat you to death, but, but he was very sweet-tempered boy. And he went and he sat down in the last row. And I said, Jonathan, I said, you missed uh, the test on Friday, and you probably can check with one of the students, and they could tell you what was on it, and then I'll retest you. And he said, forget that test, and forget you, Miss Stevens. I don't want to know. And all the kids, because this was mostly a Hispanic class, and they just kind of generally respect teachers. They really do. That's why they may be in gangs and kill each other on the weekend, but in school, they kind of teach. You know, they respect teachers. So when he said that, the class got quiet. And he was like, forget you. I don't care about no tests, and I don't care about anything. Forget the tests, and forget you, Miss Stevens. And I said, oh, boy. I said, do you talk like that to your mother? He said, forget my mother. I said, okay. Well, I'll see you after class, okay? So while, I'm, while he's sitting there, God brought back to me a sermon I had just preached the day before. I preached about Job. And Job showed, and you know, Job was the guy sick on his bed, and he was lying in bed, and, and oh, God, his, all his kids were dead, his animals were dead, his, his wife said, you ought to curse your God and die, and Job was still holding on, he was holding on, and God showed Job a different view of him, He's uh, a different view of mothers, he said, you know what, Job, he said, some mothers, I, there's a rare bird. She lays her eggs in the sand, on, like on a beach, and she walks away, and she doesn't care if a big foot comes and crushes it, and she doesn't care 
if, uh, um, if another wild animal takes the egg because she walks away. And he told Job, he said, but I made her that way. I made the bird that way. And God showed Job that birds that came from that bird survived and lived anyway. Amen. Became, yeah, amen. Lived anyway. And while I'm telling this boy this, big tears start rolling down his eyes because God showed me that something had happened when he said, forget my mother and forget you. Something had happened. And so he said, thank you. Thank you, Miss Stevens. And I'm sorry. And he walked out of the room. Now I'm talking about a 17-year-old, broad shoulder, big boy, turned red as a beat and just stood there and cried. And then he walked out. I said, okay, it's all right. And he left out. Later on, I learned from the social worker that in court, the day that he missed that Friday, yeah, that his mother had given custody over to the father. She wanted nothing to do with them, him and his two sisters. And I believe that God wanted him to know that not all mothers are the same. Oh, yes, you need to know that right now. And you need to know that you are still in God's care and you're going to make it. But now let's talk about mothers generally. Mothers are encouragers because they just want you to be your best. Yes, uh-huh. And they know how to encourage you. I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, mothers also want you to do your best inside of the house. And so mothers hoard, I mean, they got a whole bunch of unfulfilled threats. Uh-huh. Mama coming to your unclean room and she says, if I have to tell you one more time, to clean this room, you're going to be in trouble. Weeks turn into months. Room gets dirtier and dirtier. Months turn into years. And we find mothers still going in unkempt rooms saying, boy, <laughs> if I have to tell you one more time to clean up this room, you're going to be in trouble. Yes, yes. And you know you can't talk back to mothers, right? Because mothers will tell you real quickly, look, I brought you into this world. Come on, you all. Therefore, I will take you out. Yeah, my daughter says she tells her kids, and I will snatch you out. <laughs> mothers are encouragers, too, because they just want you to be your best. Mm-hmm. Encouragement is in them. And we are talking this morning about what is in mothers. Often they use phrases that are common to all mothers. My husband said his mother used to say when she saw them sitting around and doing nothing, you know, just not doing anything, she would say, why are you sitting there like a bump on the log? <laughs> now he was born in the city. He was raised in the city. He knew nothing about tree logs that have a bump on them. Amen. Amen. But he and his brothers got the idea real quickly 
that mother expected them to get up and do something. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And later on, when he did get a chance to see a bump on the log, amen, he was able to understand what mother was talking about. Amen. She was encouraging him to get up and do something. Mothers having them the utmost desire to see you doing something constructive in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why she buys her child Legos. Uh-huh. So he can learn to build something. Yes. And later on, when those Legos are all in a pile under your bed, under his bed, yeah, she buys him bigger Legos and more Legos. Yeah. She buys him at Christmas another keyboard so he can learn to be so he can learn to play he could be the next great john legend yeah yeah composing songs yeah right um you know she dreams for this child when her child doesn't learn to play that keyboard what does she do she buys him another instrument uh-huh bigger shinier uh-huh an electric guitar yeah more jazzy yeah mama buys us some something bigger so he can you know he can one day jam yeah and she can just imagine him doing a a concert like jay-z and yeah right um yeah and then when that electric guitar has collected enough dust and dried crusts of pizza all over it she places it neatly in the back of the closet. But mothers never give up on dreams of her child being something great. And it continues, she continues to invest things. And all he wants is another $50 to go get another computer game. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. The dream of hers is that one day he will be standing up at a concert. And he, after he has played Mozart, yes, the crowd will go crazy about her child and stand up and applaud. Yes. Or she, she dreams he becomes the greatest chef. She became the greatest chef, yeah. And winning cooking contests all over the world. We have a mother here who's looking for that. Yes. Or he has just beat out LeBron James' record of scoring. Uh-huh. And that's why all the basketball she bought him is still lying in the backyard. <laughs> the dream is in her. Mothers have great dreams in them for their children. It's in us. Yes, it is. It was not or is it was not maybe in your mother for one of those dreams, but you better believe your mother had a dream for you. Mother's in the next room dreaming you will be shooting the winning basketball and receiving not only your college degree, but the college's reward for MVP. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. There's a mother in our Bibles, Matthew 20 and 20. I know I'm right about this thing. This goes way back, you know, because in Matthew, the 20th chapter and the 20th verse, there was a mother who approached Jesus one day, and she asked the Savior, you know, he said, well, what do you want? She came up to her, what do you want? Well, I was thinking, maybe my son, when you get to back into your kingdom in heaven, maybe my son James can sit on one side 
and my son John can be on the other side. And Jesus had to explain to her, those seats are already designated and taken, and it's not for your sons. Your sons are not willing to pay the cost. Oh, to occupy those seats. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, uh, you know, she went away sad. But she tried, didn't she? Yeah, she tried. She had a dream of greatness for her children. Mothers are great homework doers. Yeah. Mothers have it in them to make sure your homework gets done. We teachers always know when mothers did your homework. The phrases were just a little bit too old for you to have come up with that. Considering that Washington was the first president of the United States, the present day constitution is a great document. You didn't write that, the kid didn't write that. Yeah, kids don't talk like that. And they didn't write that. His mother's desire to see their children pass their classes, even if she has to do most of the homework. <laughs> Amen. Mothers have a great amount of patience in them and strength to do things, even when they are very tired and sleepy. Ah, how many of us woke up with a bellyache in the middle of the night? We said, Mama, my stomach hurt and it, it just won't stop. And Mama drags herself out of her bed to the medicine cabinet or the kitchen closet or somewhere just to find you some Alka-Seltzer. And you may be old, too. And she will still get up and get you that medicine. And you'll never hear her say, you'll just never, because she got an unbelievable amount of patience and love for you. You'll never hear mother say, James, you're 36 years old now. And you should have your own apartment and your own medicine cabinet. <laughs> no, mothers have it in them to just go the extra mile for her child. And not only the extra mile, but the extra 2,000 and 200,000 miles for them. And mothers have a lot of catchy sayings in them. Have you ever realized that you say the same things your mother said to you? My daughter says when she is disciplining her kids, she stops herself and she say, wait a minute. Why did I say that? I'm sounding just like my mama. My mama had a lot of catchy things she learned from her mother. She would say things like, a stitch in time saves nine. I would say, huh? <laughs> Later, I realized that it meant if I did the little work then, I would save myself from doing bigger work later. Uh huh. Mama said to us girls, be careful when you talk and slander somebody's name and don't gossip. And mother says, if a dog brings them on, he'll carry a bone. In other words, that person that came gossiping to you about somebody, the next day, that same person is gonna be gossiping about you to somebody else. Ooh. Hmm. Mama said if a bird can sing and he won't sing, there's a way to make him sing. That meant that sometimes 
When a person won't do something that you need him or her to do and you know they could do it, mama was saying there's a way to make them do it. And mama taught us eight girls the way to make them do it. Yeah, beware, fellas. It's eight girls out there that mama taught how to make you do things. <laughs> yeah. It was in her to see her daughters grow in ingenuity. Yeah. Oh, he just thought, he thought he just proposed because he was in love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. And mothers have an undeniable love. Yes, they do. I believe the closest thing to mother's heart, yeah, and to, to, to God's love, is the, uh, to God's agape love, is the love that mothers have for their children. Amen. Yeah, there's nothing in the world. You ought to clap about that. There's nothing in the world like the love a mother has. Yes. But I want to go one step further today. Oh, I want to tell you about the love that a Christian, a mother who believes in Jesus, a mother that has Jesus in her, the type of love that a mother like that has. Amen. Oh, yeah, since we're talking about what's in a mother, I think we ought to look at what Paul was telling Timothy about his mother. He says, I think we ought to talk about how exceptionally wonderful, how miraculously marvelous, how perfectly profound it is when a mother like your mother has a faith in Jesus Christ living in her. Oh, what's in mother? Yeah. And what's in you? The mother that has Jesus living in her, what Paul said, is a treasure. It has Excellent power. For Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He said that we have this treasure woo, in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be in God and not of us. In other words, mother can do some exceptional things when she got the love of Jesus in her because she's endued, she's endowed with excellent power. Yes, she is. She can speak to mountains, yeah. Not only in her life, but in your life. And those mountains will be removed. Yes, they will. She impacts everywhere she goes when she's got Jesus living in her because God blesses her coming in and her going out. Yeah, her coming in is blessed and her going out is blessed because she's got Jesus. And she will gladly tell you too, a mother who's got Jesus in her for real, like Timothy's mother had, will gladly tell you what Jesus has done for her. Yes, a mother who has been living with Jesus and has Jesus living into her while she's on her way to the medicine cabinet to get you that Tylenol or to get you that Alka-Seltzer. She's already turning it over to Dr. Jesus. Oh, yeah, even before you take that pill. Uh-huh. She's talking to him. 
because she has the master physician living in her. Yes, yes. She knows he was wounded for your transgressions. Yeah, he was bruised for your iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Jesus. And by his stripes, come on, you know this, we are healed. Hallelujah. Mother with Jesus, and I know that. Yeah, I miss my mama so much. I do. I thank God that she knew Jesus because she taught us when the world kicks us in the behind and the world will kick you in the behind and when friends don't call you, uh-huh, and when family members, even family members turn against you, we can call on Jesus for he is the best friend <laughs> you could ever have. It behooves you to get Jesus inside of you. He's the best friend you could ever have to Today, yesterday, and forever. Jesus Christ the same. That's what the scripture says. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Which brings me to the second part of this message, and I'm almost through. Paul saw and knew that Timothy's mama, Eunice, and Lois had Jesus. But Paul also saw that Timothy had Jesus. Right there in that scripture we read, he says, I saw your tears, Timothy. Oh, he says, and I can't wait to get back and see you again because Paul realized those weren't tears of sadness. Timothy had Jesus living in him. Those were tears of joy. Yeah, when you get Jesus living in you, you get tears of joy. Yeah. Ha ha. And remember, our subject this morning isn't just about mothers. We said we would look at what a mother has and what is in me. I stand to tell you that the best part of this message, y'all, is what's in me me come on point to yourself and say what's in me yes have i heard somewhere that god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him say it with me shall not perish but have everlasting life is that truth living in me What's in you and me this morning? Have I been washed with the blood of the lamb? Have you been washed with the blood of the lamb? Have you accepted his awesome gift of salvation? And do you have trust and faith that he's going to stay with you, Jaden, when you are playing drums one day, because I got that dream too, for a big concert? Do you have faith and trust that Jesus is going to be right there and because he's going to be living in you. Yes, yes. Can I, with Jesus living in me, go and touch and anoint with oil and they shall recover? You know that? Yes, when you got Jesus living in you, ha <laughs> yeah, you can take a little oil, <laughs> put it on the sick, and the Bible says the sick shall recover. Ah, do I have the promise living in me? Yeah, that his eyes upon the righteous and his ears open to our cry. Do you have the promise that Jesus hears your cry and that his eye is upon you? Yes, if you don't know that, you can reach up and get it this morning because his promises are yay, yes it is, and amen. 
Do you know that you know that you know that you know? I used to hear my brother-in-law preach. He says, and I know that I know that I know. And I said, okay, that's enough knows. <laughs> yeah, I get the point. But do you know that you know that you know? <laughs> do you know that you know that you know? that you got Jesus living inside of you. Are you wrapped up? It's all right. It's okay to be wrapped up and tied up in Jesus. Yeah. And do you and me understand that the same Jesus that shook prison walls, just in case you find yourself in prison, just in case you find yourself bound to some drug you can't get, a, you get away from, just in case you got some alcohol addiction, just in case you're bound up in something, do you know that the same Jesus, if he's living in you, he can send an earthquake and shake those prison walls. Yeah, hallelujah. Uh-huh. You don't have to drink alcohol, and you don't have to do illegal, illegal drugs. You don't have to do that to get a lasting high. There's a natural, supernatural high living in me. Somebody said, when I think about Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul Timoth told Timothy, I want to see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I knew you were crying. I knew you were crying tears of joy. And so when we're in this place, oh, glory to God. And you see Evangelist Sheba running around this place. When you see, oh, my God, Elder Carl up on, the, on his feet. When you see Brother Alex with his new kidney, <laughs> waving his hand, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you see Tears coming out of some of our eyes. They're not tears of sorrow. <laughs> they are tears of joy. Yes, joy that the world can't give you and the world can't take it away. I want my young men to remember this. Joy that the world cannot give you and the world cannot take it away. Yes, hallelujah. David says, he even places a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's pretty good. Somebody got it out for you. If you got some enemies that's threatening you, some of the kids in this room, yeah, you got some enemies that are saying they're going to beat you up. Yeah, David says he stretches a table before me in the presence of my enemies. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You need to get Jesus deeply for real on the inside. Ha-ha. Do you know him? My question this morning is, do you know this Jesus? Do you have this Jesus living in you for real? Mama says, and she told me this and it's true. Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child. Oh, God bless the child. Hallelujah. God bless the child that got his own, that got Jesus. Oh, ha, ha. Yes, ha, ha. I feel blessed this morning. If you feel blessed, 
I want you to stand on your feet. Yeah. Now you're not giving me a hand praise. <laughs> you just letting Jesus know that you feel blessed because you got him on the inside. If you can clap, oh, claim the promises he sent out to you this morning. Yes, hallelujah. He's going to bless your coming in and your going out. Oh, God, he's going to let your eyes see your child. He's going to let some mother's eyes see their child who seem to be wayward. He's going to let you see your child coming in, yes, feeling and finding Jesus as Lord and Savior. Don't you get weary and well-doing, mothers. Ha, ha, for in due season you shall Read. God bless you, mothers. God bless all of you who's got Jesus living in you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.